ever there was a, a time that we needed to pray, it has to be now. We must pray. If we value our freedoms at all, today's message is a call to prayer. It's an urgent call for us to get on our knees before God and plead with him to spare us as a people. Prayer is what changes things. If you are discouraged today or if you're encouraged, if you want to see things happen that seem like it would take a miracle, then this is a call to prayer. It's a call to 40 days of prayer for us as a church. Put a card on the seat there. If you don't have one on your seat, you can get one. This is a call for us to join together if we value our freedom to join together because every single week there are attacks upon our freedoms. This is not a political message as much as it is a call to exercise the gift that God has given you to pray about everything and anything. Throughout history, godly people have been called upon to pray. You remember back that when Abraham got into any predicament, he knew that the only answer was to pray. When Joseph was all but dead, what did he do? He prayed. He prayed his way through every scenario that came into his life. When Daniel was right on the verge of being eaten by lions, he prayed. When Esther needed a divine miracle for her family and for the future of the nation of Israel, she prayed for three days straight. When David's back was against the wall, he prayed. When Elijah needed it to rain, he prayed. When Paul was in prison waiting judgment, the Bible says that he actually prayed at midnight and sang. Knowing that God is in control, we pray. And yet most Christians do not pray. Most Christians worry and manipulate and try to control our situations. And God tells us to pray. I find it baffling to me that the Muslims, as a part of what they actually believe, are told to pray five times a day. Whereas most Christians don't pray at all. We talk and we worry, but we don't pray. We don't pray in earnest. We don't even know how to pray. If you go to any airport on the other side of the world, they now have making, made places where Muslims can go and pray. And they actually have to face Mecca and pray because they believe, they believe that God is real. We should be praying for our, our nation. We are in troubling times. And yet the only thing that we are concerned about is what's going to happen today and what's going to happen tomorrow. Yesterday was a, a great example because over 100,000 people were out of electricity. And it's amazing how that affects your life, isn't it? You can't even take a shower uh, if you have your own well because you need electricity to bring the water up. It's amazing what would happen if we lost all of our electrical power. As some of the guys and myself were talking this week, we were talking about the fact that we probably won't see the world ended in nuclear war, even though the threat is always there. We'll probably see America end by our electrical grids being attacked and we lose all of our power. We can't run our cars, we can't run our planes. It would be amazing to see what would happen if all of the electrical power of this nation 
was squelched, cut out, gone. There would be such warfare in the streets just to get food. I don't understand why we don't use the power, because Jesus actually said, you'll have greater power than I have. Pray. Prayer equals power. You believe it? Prayer equals power to change every scenario. Prayer works. Instead of being the instigators of talk against our president, against our nation, against this great country, we should be the instigators of prayer and telling people we just need to pray together because there is power in prayer. You never give up. I've been privileged to live my 67 years in the greatest era in human history. Never before has there been a nation like America. The problem with too many of the younger generation is they haven't studied history at all. They've never traveled the world at all. We had two mission trips come back this week. Our teenagers went to Mexico and got back five o'clock in the morning on Saturday. And our ladies got back yesterday afternoon from China. And I asked Josiah how the trip went. He said, it was good. I will never eat Mexican food again. You get the real deal Mexican food when you're in Mexico. And you get the real thing that comes with it. Yes. As Josiah was coming home, Zach texted me and said, is it okay if Annabelle gets some um, medicine for Josiah's stomach because he's been sick for a couple days? There is no place like America. None. None. Zero. Travel the world. It's exciting to travel, but you will never find a nation like this one. It's not just beautiful, it's amazing. It's amazing to have the freedoms that we have here. Whereas in China, the ladies had to be very, very careful not even to mention God and Jesus in their teaching because they would be thrown in, in jail, maybe prison, not allowed to leave. I would like to say this this morning because I'm actually talking about Bible prophecy today. I'd like to say this, that we as a church align ourselves with those who would believe in a pre-tribulation, pre-millennial return of Christ. So we would consider primarily ourselves pre-millennialists, whereas if you're an amillennialist, it, doesn't, it isn't that you don't believe that there's going to be a thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. You just don't hold to the tribulation period that we will have to go through um, as, as a world, as a nation even. So we believe in a seven-year period of tribulation that could come at any time, any moment, any time it could start. All we can do to find out when that starts is to look at the situation around us and look at what the Bible has to say prophetically about the last times. And the Bible is very clear. In fact, there are more prophecies about the second coming of Christ than there were about the first return of Christ when he came to die on the cross. There are far more prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled, and they're being fulfilled right underneath our noses. We as a church should be observant of those things. It should excite us. 
I believe that we live in a culture of amillennialists who do not see that there's any danger for Christians because there's not going to be a tribulation. There's not going to be an antichrist that comes for the beginning of this seven-year period. We don't need to worry about all those things that pre-millennialists would believe or pre-tribulationalists would believe because we won't be a part of it. I would differ from that. And I believe that we don't even know how much suffering we might experience and need to be sensitive to what the scripture says. I do know this. In a, in a, a given week's time, it is staggering to look at what's happening around the world. Maybe you never watch the news and maybe you don't pay attention to what is actually happening in the world, but you should get your eyes open because in one week alone this week, we nearly went to war with Iran because Iran is just coming at us all the time. And I believe it, it falls into Bible prophecy for certain that Iran is going to be, as they have been, the propagator of hate toward Israel, the nation of Israel. And we just need to be careful that we love the nation Israel and support them and support our president who supports the nation Israel and, act, and actually declared that Jerusalem was the capital of Israel. My phone's going to keep doing that because I should shut it off. Okay, all right. It won't bother you anyway. I support our president because he supports the things that I agree with from the scripture, not because of political position. We are not preaching it enough. I'm just blown away by how many people hate our president. And I think set his personality aside and look at what scripture has to say about what has to happen in the last days, and he aligns with what we believe. The Bible is clear to us that a Abram was told this by God, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And the minute we stop, and I'll say it every week if I have to, the minute we stop blessing Israel, God's blessing stops on America. You want to be around as a nation? Bless the nation of Israel. Support the nation of Israel. This last week was a big deal with these women that call themselves the squad. I'll talk about that more in a few minutes. These women are propagators of hate toward the nation of Israel and the nation of America. It has nothing, our president, what he said about them going back to their own country, has nothing, zero, to do with racism they have made it a race issue because they know that's the most sensitive issue out there today. It's more sensitive. Are you with me or not? It's a more sensitive issue than almost anything out there. And Mr. Obama is the one that took us all the way back there. Racism completely had become off the charts with our nation until he stepped in and now is running Washington from his own home. His, he and his wife were voted the most, most liked people in the world, most loved people, the most admired people in the world. And I said, they didn't take my vote. I think they're trouble. I believe if the prophets were alive today, this is what I think, the prophets would stand here every week and beg you to pray and try to channel you as a people into the right direction so that you could help other people. How are we going to keep our nation intact? By preparing now, 
by thinking clearly now, by praying now, by always praying, but specifically praying now. Numbers 24 says, blessed are those who bless you and cursed are those who curse you. Speaking of the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. You want a blessing? You better bless them. The reason I've chosen to talk about today is because recent events seem to show us and bring us closer to the coming of Christ. I just wrote down a, a bunch of things that happened this week on a back piece of paper on my counter because I, I had this on there from the last couple of weeks. The course of every nation that ends up not being free and taken over by some dictator is this, from deep bondage to the nation to great faith, from great faith to great courage, from great courage to great freedom, from great freedom to great abundance, from great abundance to great apathy, from great apathy to great dependence, from great dependence all the way back to great bondage. And that is exactly where we're headed. Yes, it is. Everyone expects that when you get married, you would own your own home. Houses that have two-car garages are not popular, and yet I grew up where there wasn't even a garage on the house. It is not uncommon for everyone to have three vehicles or two vehicles. It is certainly not uncommon for us to have running water, any kind of food we want if we just go to the grocery store. We are taking all the little things for granted and become apathetic to the fact that our own nation is being handed over to a bunch of women, freshman women in our Congress, who dare have the, commit the atrocity of speaking against our president as if he's a fascist, as if he's some kind of racist. I'm sick of it, quite frankly. Totally sick of it. I'm tired of it, up to my neck. Where are the Christian women in Congress that are saying, shut up? Where is the media that says, shut up, this is still the greatest land on the planet? I just wrote down some things that happened this week. I couldn't believe it when I heard that there were those that were criticizing the celebration of Apollo 11, the 50-year celebration. Buzz Aldrich was speaking about it and how it was a great danger even for those two guys that got out and walked on the moon. It was great danger that if everything didn't work perfect, it was the end of their life. And why did they sacrifice? To protect us. Space, having explored space and being out there in space has given us opportunity to do things that we might not otherwise have the opportunity to do. I'm thankful for Donald Trump because under, under Barack Obama, NASA went dead. Stopped completely. Donald Trump is putting it back to do further exploration for us in space that can help us to protect our nation from other nations. Go Trump is what I say. Big concern is Democrat-controlled Congress will not fund it. In the New York Times, I read this article and I was pretty much baffled by it. A female wrote this. She said, to make it to the moon, women have to escape Earth's gender bias. That's the only thing she had to say about this 50th celebration. What a shame that we have a gender bias that doesn't promote more women going to the moon. And we have had women in space, by the way. Naturally, we're gonna have the skeptics out there that are gonna say, see, we shouldn't have a space program because we need to be worried about women that are offended because they didn't get to go. And believe it or not, as I read the article, and you could do it yourself by getting online, I was shocked by the fact there was 
they're mad about the fact that the spacesuits are the same for men and women because they say women have different needs in their spacesuit, and that's a good reason why we shouldn't go forward with NASA. You know what's interesting to me? I thought they wanted in women to be equal with men. Didn't you? I thought those soccer players in the World Cup were mad because they didn't have male parts. There are females that want to be treated equal, but men and women are not the same, and God did not design them the same. He wired you to be different on purpose. We have strayed so ridiculously far because of political correctness and because of Christians that are nice, smooth-talking, sweet-looking people who never say amen and would never raise their hand because that would be an atrocity. I showed one of my friends from my former church that was here yesterday. I showed him around the building, and I said, when we got the building, we hadn't purchased it yet, but we intended to, and we asked if we could at least paint the inside to use it for our church. And our realtor went back to the owner, and she said it was okay. Little did she know that we were going to paint the outside and paint it black. And so the realtor called me and said, the owner saw the building being painted black and about fainted, and she's on her way over there right now. I wanted to get a, give you a heads up because she's pretty hot. And I was standing out there. Was that Ray? Was that you? I don't know who was out there in a parking lot with me. I was talking to her, and all of a sudden this Escalade pulls in, and she jumps out. She goes, are you the man responsible for this atrocity? I said, that would be me. And I said, before you get all mad, we're not just going to rent. We're going to buy it from you. You are? And I said, done deal. So many people jump to conclusions before they know the facts. Rick Foote said this to me last night. He said, have you noticed how many buildings are being painted gray and black? Have you noticed? I came up with the idea because I saw a building that I thought was cool. It didn't look exactly like this, but I thought this would look really smart, you know, throw people off. You go to the black church? Yes, we, I do. You should come and visit. I go to the black church. And then they'd say, you're a racist. You shouldn't even make that comparison because you can't win. So this week, we celebrated Apollo 11. And this week also, this previous week, 56 people were shot in Chicago. Six were fatally killed. This last week, MS-13, entered, who entered the, the country illegally from South America, MS-13 gang killed seven people with machetes. They took these seven people, took them out the, into the woods, killed them by taking body parts off one at a time. While they're living, they cut their arms off, their hands off, they, and then they chopped them into pieces and spilled the pieces all over the city in L.A. This week, by the way, I thought this was interesting. While we were sleeping, there was an earthquake in Greece of 5.3. There was one in Papua New Guinea of 5.6. There was one in Porta Aurora, Ecuador, 5.4. There was one in Oregon on July 17th. And I didn't realize this. Every day there are 1,400 earthquakes 
every day. There are 500,000 a year. And I'm here to say it because I heard it on the news this weekend. They're very concerned about the San Andreas Fault in California, as I mentioned last week, that the plates are shifting. And that part of the, the country could just go into the ocean. It would cause cataclysmic effect on the rest of the world. And people are sleeping. You're sleeping. You're sleeping. I'm sleeping. We don't even realize this is the most amazing day in the whole world. Isn't it amazing? Is, is it amazing? Eeyore. No, it's no, no, Pastor. No, no, it's not as good as it had been back. And then all the real spiritual people go, he's a flake. We're sleeping. We are sleeping. The Bible says that in the last day, there will be earthquakes and famine. So I got online to see, is there famine in the world today? 30 million people. Well, we, well we're, we're here in this place are starving. They don't even get enough calories to be nourished that day. And we can get out of here and go anywhere we want to eat and have it within minutes and gripe about how cold it is or how we didn't get enough fries or our cheese sauce or the ranch did not come with the chicken fingers. And that is enough to, to really make you get up and walk out, isn't it? Have you heard of so many dips in your life? Everywhere they go, they have to ask, any dips today? Really? Seriously. We have no idea what it is to live in famine. And yet while we sit here, because we're unintelligent when it comes to what the rest of the world is really like, we don't care. It's not affecting us. Barack Obama said America is no longer just a Christian nation. I, I care to disagree with him. I very much believe that this nation was formed and founded by men who loved God and did not want us to become a theocracy. People are worried about Donald Trump becoming some kind of a dictator. I'm worried about the fact that we already have a bunch of people that are clamoring to have a dictator. Are you with me? I think there's one central idea this morning for my message. If you don't get anything else, it's this. Pray. You with me? Is my, own, my wife the only one that believes that? Should we pray? When I hear Muslim women speak out against the president, they call themselves the squad, I think to myself, trouble. And by the way, Elon Omar, Elon Omar is not even in our country legally, and it's being investigated right now. She was married to her brother. There is all kinds of conflict there. And yet if we talk about it in our churches and try to get people to wake up to the fact, because if you're my age, 67, and you've gone to church most of your life, there's a good chance you have gone to church that are dead and boring and don't do one thing to transform your life and your heart. And something needs to change. No government has the right to interfere in our personal relationship with God. None. Now, these ladies will tell you that they want the right 
to believe their God and worship their God, but I will guarantee you they are not tolerant toward anyone who wants to worship Jehovah God. None. No tolerance whatsoever. After you realize that you can't find another country in the entire world that even compares to ours, and I'm not saying that you just completely ignore the faults in America. We have our faults for certain. But there are plenty of countries that are nothing like ours. There are plenty of people who are so busy destroying our nation that they don't have time to say anything good about it whatsoever. But this is a great nation. It was John Adams who said, avarice, ambition, revenge, and licentiousness would break the strongest cords of their constitution. Our constitution was made only for moral and religious people. I skipped part of it. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. It's like if we don't understand that our constitution was formed to give us the right to meet here today in freedom, which China doesn't have where the ladies just came back from, where you are in danger if you talk freely about God and speak of religion whatsoever. You ought to take a mission trip so you get your eyes open to how amazing America actually is. Our Constitution has remained largely intact for over two centuries. It should demonstrate our greatness as a country. And listening to the news, I'm constantly reminded of the demise of our cities. This last Monday night, and if you don't come, you should come to Men's Bible Study, because right now we're talking about the judgments of God during the tribulation period. And what has to happen in order for us to begin that seven years of tribulation that come prior to the thousand year reign of Christ? Right now, there's one thing that we should look for as the tribulation begins. It's the Antichrist going up on the earth who we will not know. It is peace in Israel that he supposedly will help to bring. What I found interesting in studying the various uh, different judgments of God, it is this. We talked about the seals two weeks ago. This last week we talked about the trumpets. The first trumpet that will sound during the tribulation period is the Antichrist coming on a white horse to deceive people into thinking that he is Christ who will come on a white horse to take us out. I would not want to be here during the tribulation period. It's not going to be a nice time. I believe this, that God is setting up the judgments already because we were talking about when the seals are opened, that one-third of the ocean, one-third of the drinking water actually would be blood. We live on the Great Lakes, which is, is a third of the entire world's clean water. We're blessed. And what will it take for our water supplies to be tainted? Because you can't go without water. It's not possible to live. So I was listening that this week in L.A., the drug use and the defecation into the river that flows through the city is bringing into the ocean 60,000 people's urine and waste. What's happening is there was a, there was a um, doctor online talking on the news, and he was talking about the fact that 
Downtown Los Angeles has 60,000 people living in tents, using drugs, dropping their needles, defecating in the gutters and in the, in the river that flows out to the ocean, which is killing ocean life. Sometimes you have a hard time actually thinking, now how is this possible that one of the seals is gonna kill, is gonna destroy all the water supply? How is all this possible until you see what's happening in the world today while we're sleeping? How is it going to happen? There's a serious health threat, this doctor said, with concerns of a pandemic. He said hepatitis is now spreading throughout the city of Los Angeles. The river is now infected with disease. He said there are those 60,000 people on a daily basis putting their waste in either the gutters or the river. And I read this, that someone said this this week, and I thought it was interesting. Our wasteland is of our own making, our dystopia, the thing for which we clamor. You may not understand what dystopia is, but dystopia is dictatorship. Someone to come in and lead. Remember in the Old Testament how they wanted a leader? They would give us a king, give us a king, give us a king. And when they got a king, they weren't satisfied. What we don't realize right now is most of us are clamoring for a leader that can satisfy everyone. And it's not possible. A dystopia is a totalitarian government. So can you put that phrase back up, up there again? I think this phrase says it all. We literally, we don't know what we want. Our wasteland, the things that are considered wasteland are of our own making. The sin and the problems that we have in this nation, the sin and the problems that we have in our own life are of our own making because we clamor to have someone to help fix it. I want to tell you this right now. It's not possible for my wife and I to be the fix-it-all for everybody in this church. Not even as small as we are. We cannot be the people to fix. We can barely fix our own problems. I could barely keep up with my own things. I have people write me on a regular basis. I'm so depressed. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just feel like hanging it up. I'm so depressed. I'm so depressed. And I think to myself, most of us have nothing to be depressed about. We should have the joy of the Lord taking over. You know what? When you cry out in depression, you, you, the enemy wins. Tell him no. Say no. You cannot have a part of my life. You can't have my wife. You can't have my husband. You can't have my kids. You pray for them that they will change. You never give up praying. You never stop praying. That's what you really want. Oh, everything in my life seems to be going down the toilet. And so please, somebody come and help me. Look at Venezuela. That should be an example to us of what happens when we want our dystopia. Just as great societies are comprised of many members, so also are they destroyed, not by the external threat of a foreign power, but that which emanates from the hearts of their own citizens. Isn't that the truth? I'm standing up here. i got to get to this because this is actually my message today, so I might have to skip a few pages here. I just want to mention real quickly, I see at my age things that younger people can't see. And I, I've, I believe it is nearly impossible to speak to the younger crowds today because they want what they want and they're not listening. 
They are not listening. They are not listening. They are not listening. They already are sitting in the room arguing with things that I've said. We'll get to it in a moment. Jude talks about these kind of leaders. But we mentioned in Bible study last week, here's what Jesus said is going to be the situation before I come back. He talked about seven churches. Number one, Ephesus. If you're in here and you're in Bible study, you should remember they lost their first love. Number two, Smyrna was a church that was actually persecuted. They became known for a church of persecution. Pergamum was full of false teachers. Thyatira was false prophetesses. And I, I, I mentioned this last week. I do believe that women can lead, but I think women should lead women, and I believe that headship is a serious issue in our day. Yes, do you agree with me? Headship is a serious, serious issue. If the woman runs the home, there are inevitably going to be problems. Would you agree? That will make some women angry and say, you're just a, a woman hater. You're just a sexist. No, if the wife is running the home, you're going to have problems. Ladies, you will be a lot happier if you understand your role. Here they're bickering about the astronaut suits. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Is that right? It is. All the men that agree with that. Do we have a problem? Do we have a problem? Oh yeah, we do. You're not gonna you're not gonna agree with that because you know mama ain't gonna be happy. And you're gonna go home, you get in the car and she's going, you know, I'm gonna slap you. I'm gonna slap you because you agreed. I'm gonna slap you silly. Sardis was a church that needed to repent. Philadelphia actually stood fast in endurance. It was a church of love, and Laodicea was known for being lukewarm. Now, here's what I wanted to bring you today very quickly, because I know you're saying, you've already talked a half an hour. Shut up. I am getting sick of this. You, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it. Now, last week I was listening to Nick every second, but a lot of times I sit out there. I used to sit out there all the time and say, this is so boring, I think I'm going to have a stroke. Is the pastor on another planet? This is so boring. I really don't care about the 12 points of blah, 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 blah. It's, it's like, I, I got to get out of here. I can't stand it. Jude, there's only one book with some very important things, three things that I want you to see real quickly. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the, the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those very same people who were delivered who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their proper dwelling. These as he kept in darkness bound in everlasting chains for the judgment on that great day. In a similar way, 
Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example to those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. In the very same way, on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies. And here are my three points. This is how you'll know who the agnostic apostate people are among us. Three characteristics. Pollute, put that, yeah, pollute their bodies, reject authority, and abuse angelic influence. Three keys of what's going to happen in the very last days to prove and to take the church and put it under, under um, God's discipline. He says these are the kind of people that you need to look out for. Number one, body pollution. I, I, I called it this, body pollution. Because the Bible says they pollute their body. This is what it means. They defile their flesh and pollute their bodies through depraved acts, foul imaginations, ungodly words, and blasphemous deeds, often debasing their God-given image with disgusting sexual activities which pollute their soul and too often abuse the rights and beauty of others. These are those who are under the influence of some kind of addictive substance or material. They're in the room. If you fall into all three of these categories, you should really be concerned about your own salvation. They pollute their bodies. This is what I found this week. 19.7 million American adults aged 12 and older battled a substance use disorder in 2017. Almost 74% of adults suffer from a substance use disorder in 2017 and struggled with an alcohol use disorder in this room. In this room, you know why my parents years ago in our Baptist church said no alcohol? It's because they knew where alcohol could take their kids. Do you know this? Almost everyone in this church drinks. And I as a pastor, I don't dare preach on that subject because then I have everybody mad at me and think I'm a legalist. This is what I think. You have, you have the freedom in Christ to do whatever you want to do. That's how good God is. It's called grace, is it not? You can do whatever you want to do. I'm not there to, to watch over you and say, don't drink those beers, don't drink that hard liquor, don't stop at the whiskey place now in Grand Haven, and blah, 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 don't do that. I'm not there to do that, and I don't want to do it, and I don't think it's right to do it. I don't think we should run around judging each other because you had two beers. There are some people who can handle it. I would say there are far more kids that can't. And they start out, they start out with little, little amounts of cigarettes which take them into, into blah, 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 weed and weed into to cocaine and cocaine into heroin. And you know what? People think I'm making this up. It's a weekly deal to deal with it. Trying to pull people back after they have allowed all these substances in their body and can't get rid of them. About 38% of adults in 2017 dealt with a drug use disorder. It's pretty sad. According to the National Survey on Drug Use, all of that stuff came. It's unbelievable how many people in the room are suffering from some kind of body pollution. Literal body pollution that you've you polluted yourself with and now you don't know how to get out of it. I have found through the years smoking is one of the most difficult things to get rid of. You, are you with me? 
If you're, if you're a former smoker, you know what I'm talking about. I, I have had, I know men in here that have quit smoking a hundred times. Every time you see him, how are you doing with the smoking? Six days free now. Six days free, and I'm like, talk to me in two years. Now, somebody in the room thinks I'm talking to them. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. People are always coming up and saying, I know you, you looked right at me. You were talking to me, and I'm like, I did? I, I, I'm not looking at anybody. I'm not judging you. That's not my job. I got my own issues to deal with. I'm just asking you, do you want to, would you like to prolong your death? Then maybe you should quit smoking. And whatever you do in moderation, your kids are going to do in excess. That is a fact. If they see mom and dad smoking, they're going to smoke. If they see their mom and dad smoking weed, they're going to smoke weed. If they see their mom and dad drinking, they're going to probably drink worse than you did and think they have the right to do it. And it's, it's crazy. Our bodies and our minds are so polluted and drugged that we are living in some sort of addictive um, stupor. Second Thessalonians says this, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and, and being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by, by teaching allegedly from us, whether by prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction, Antichrist. That's him. Yes, he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or his worship so that he sits himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things, and now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time? For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back until uh, back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless nun will be revealed. I don't even want to finish reading it all. It's this simple. Antichrist is coming. He may be here already. He may already be on the scene because we're not going to know because we're going to be deceived. We're going to be looking at other things. And we are not looking for the Antichrist. We do know this. The beginning of the seven-year tribulation period, there are different views on that. We may be here and we may not be here. We may be here for part of it and we may not be here for part of it. But it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly beyond what you can imagine it's going to be so disastrous. At the, at the, the last trumpet that's, that's in the trumpet judgments is the sun is blocked out. And I ask, how, how is it possible the sun could be blocked out? Because there will be so much ash and so much garbage in the air. If you look at the other judgments, that it will affect our entire world. I, I believe... That God can only stand sin so long, and then he just says, I'm giving you over to your reprobate thinking. I'll let you do it. You want to do this, go for it. I'll, I'll let you. You can have it. Right now, in the name of Jesus, right now, in the name of Jesus, you can be free if you choose. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you don't have to do that thing anymore. You don't need to get zapped in the head and fall on the floor and go into convulsions and bark like a dog. You don't need to do that. Some people want to. Some people literally want to, but you don't need to do that. What you do need to say is, I'm done with this. This needs to go. I'm done with this, right? I am done with this pollution of my body because I, I'm not satisfied with life. Antichrist is coming on the scene. Second thing, real quickly, is rejection of authority. This is rampant, rampant. I have never seen a day and age 
when you can literally talk against our country at the level that people are doing and not call that treason. Why were these four women elected to Congress that call themselves the squad and they call our president a fascist? And what blows my mind is how many people get mad if I support Donald Trump and I say, I don't care if you're mad at me or not. You're going to get a lot madder when the Antichrist comes. You're not going to be very happy when hail falls from heaven and kills multitudes of people. You're not going to be happy when you can't find drinking water, when there's no food to eat. What we want today in our church is just give me nice, smooth-talking, young-looking, handsome people, not him. He's ugly. Give me what I want. We clamor for a world leader. Yes, we do. We clamor for leadership by a person who seems to be perfect. Doesn't exist. Not until Jesus comes. The Antichrist is going to take over and everybody's going to like him. He's coming on a white horse in white garments. Stay tuned here. It'll set off this whole thing. Do you know that this week, Iran did some very stupid things because they don't know who they're messing with. Everyone thinks Trump is a psycho. I think he's just the man we need who literally has the guts. I would say balls, but somebody will be mad at me for saying it. Who literally has the guts to tell Iran, you have no idea what's coming. Oh, we shouldn't go to war. We don't want to put boots on the ground. No, I don't think we need to put boots on the ground. I think we need to put something else on the ground. Something that'll surprise you with me? Okay, yeah, you were with me until tomorrow and you say, that pastor's a freak, man. He just he's freaking out telling me we should we should wipe them out. I, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all their games and they can get by with, oh, we should be so worried about Iran. If we go to war with them, what's gonna happen to us? And so the Straits of Hormuz, you can't even go through there and I'd blow them off the face of the earth. Good thing I'm not president. Rejection of authority. I don't even know what to say about it. People who are always murmuring. They're murmuring while I'm up here talking. So I understand last week some visitor came and she got up because her song was too loud and I thought, you're not going to heaven. Are you following me? Are you tracking that all? Ladies, you who pay $40 for a ticket to go to the Van Andel to hear some Christian group, and then you're up there, oh, praise God. But you go to church, and you can't even get beyond the fact that Nick wore a baseball hat today and sang so loud. You can't get beyond that. We're always, look, we're always looking for something else, aren't we? We're actually willing to pay for something else. We're actually willing to tolerate something else when it's right in the house. He is in the house. We need to stop the game playing and, and think about, I have one passion with my life, no matter all the fact that people will say I'm the great cult leader. Hey, I have one passion, my wife and I, bring as many people with us to heaven as possible. Teach you how to do it. Teach you to live the life so that you can bring as many people with you as possible. Amen? Amen. Well, what other, what other 
purpose is there for a living? Do I love my family? Ah, oh, I love them like crazy. Do I love this church? I love you like crazy. But that's not why I'm alive. I'm alive to bring glory to the king who's in the room for the Holy Spirit right now. And you know he is. You know he is. And so we have people, uh, every week there's people who sit out there like, yeah, this is good for now, but it's not working for me. You know why I say that lady's not going to heaven? Because I think there are going to be a few million people dancing like crazy fools. Falling on their faces before the king. And you think that's boring? You're probably not going. Probably not. I see rebellion among younger people who think they know it all. I said to my wife this morning, what churches want now is young pastors who are hip and don't bore them or challenge them. Just shove everybody else out. We got to have what we want. It's human nature never to be satisfied. Did you know that? It's human, even, even now, we're not satisfied. I'm not satisfied because he's preaching too long. I'm not satisfied because blah, 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 blah. You're going to go to lunch today and you're going to be mad because it's three minutes longer than you thought it was. And I'm not saying I don't ever get there. If there's anything that could take me to hell, it's driving behind slow people. Good thing that doesn't. Because it, whoo, and sometimes I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. Or the reverse of that is riding with Mike Corrin Hernandez in his car where he goes 100 miles an hour, and I'm saying, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm not making that up. It's dangerous. You're to, I'm nearly praying in tongues when he's driving. It's so bad. It's like, take the wheel, Jesus. Are there any police officers in the room? No. <laughs> Barracy's back there. You're in Kent County, aren't you? Dove? What? Oh, Grand, okay. So I'll text you, Joe, when he's driving like that. I'll ask him if we can go for lunch somewhere in Grand Rapids, and I'll text you. Meet us at the corner of such and such, and it looks like, Wow, it's bad. Rejection of authority is just so common. You know, uh, uh, the reason why a lot of people don't want to go to church is not because they don't like the style of our church. And it's not like we, they don't like the style of my preaching. It's that they don't like the Holy Spirit's conviction about the sin in their life. Yeah, 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 yes. Yes, young people nowadays think it's their right to go to bed with each other. And I'm going to tell you right now, you are, you are running down a slippery slope. It will bite you so bad because you have no idea whether this feeling that you have is, is love. I'm saying that for somebody in the room who needs to back away from that, put your foot down right now and say we're done with that. We're done. You need to say, I'm backing away from this sin that I'm involved in right now. I am done with this. I am putting my foot down. Satan, you do not get to control me. And that's when God starts blessing you. Happiness comes from holiness. One last thing this morning, abuse of angelic authority. And I thought this was probably one of the most interesting points. Abuse of angelic authority. Do you remember in Sodom and Gomorrah when... When Lot went down there by choice anyway, Abraham gave him the choice of where he wanted to go. So he went to the well-watered plains of Sodom 
and Gomorrah. He wanted that because it seemed like a better financial possibility. Greed has taken us down some slippery slopes. And so when it all came down, he decided to raise his family there in that place in a city where there was so much immorality. And, and by the way, I say this, no matter what anybody thinks, lesbian and homosexual behavior is wrong. doesn't matter who's struggling with it. doesn't matter how you feel about what I say. The bottom line is the Bible says it's wrong. And so this is what Jude 1.6 says. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, oh, by the way, those are the ones that fell from heaven when Satan fell, who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their proper dwelling, these has he kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on that day. The sin that they committed was so great, he has these angels actually bound in chains. That's not to say there aren't any fallen angels and demons. They're out there. They, they tag on you, and they, they come right with you into the room. They're right in the room. We're, we're fighting that the whole time we're preaching. It goes on to say in verse 7, in a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. I watched a special this week from Israel, and they were at a new site that has been just recently dug, and they found that way down here in the rock strata down here was lava rock. He had two hands two stones in his hand, and he said, look at what is here. Because God's word is true. We don't make these things up. God's word is true. What happened was when Lot was approached by the men of the city, they wanted to have a relationship with the angels, which were good angels, and warning Lot to get out of there. They wanted to have a relationship, and Lot didn't take a clear stand. He lost his entire family because he didn't, because in the beginning, stay with me, just another couple minutes, because in the beginning, the decision he made was based on money and greed and not the will of God. You following me? Because of greed, I see this with families there. All of a sudden, they're willing to deny anyone who tries to impact them any way possible with truth about the direction they're headed. You're out of their life. You're mean. You're just a dictator. You're a control freak. If you remember the whole thing with angels in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, angels came down and cohabited with men and created a race of giants. They left the design that God had for them, and they were put in chains. We dare deal and not respect, not respect the angels I believe that we are living in the very last days. We're being silenced about our own beliefs, our own convictions, and what's happening in the world, and it's time to wake up and pray. I seriously, the judgments are unreal. The judgments are hail, fire, and blood. Volcanic eruptions, wormwood, sun diminished, locust plagues, 
horseman plagues. I mean, there's so much coming that if you're not a Christian, you ought to be thinking seriously. Because if Jesus Christ came back right now to take us out, only those who are not truly born again will be sitting in this room. And Hernandez will take over for me. Oh, that wasn't nice. He's actually saved by the blood of the lamb, right? Saved by the blood of the lamb. You know how we fight the enemy? You're fighting the enemy some way right now in your life. You fight the enemy through the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a banner and says, these are mine. Get out. These are my people. These are my people. You can't have them. Get out. We need to take a stand. 40 days, 40 people. You're making a solid vow to God right now. If there's a card on your seat, you'll sign it right now. I'm making a solid promise to God right now. I will pray like never before for our nation. I will pray that we will turn back to God. I will do it myself. I will make a solid promise that during these 40 days, every single day I will have time with God and be in his word. And if you don't know how to do that, ask me and I'll get you something to help you. But I make it a solid promise, God. We're going to pray for 40 days, 40 days from this date. Somebody needs to look it up and see what the last day is because I did and I left it in my office. What's 40 days from now? You are willing to join with me in praying for our nation, praying for our president, praying for us to have freedom, continued freedom. Who's going to join me? Stand to your feet. You're, you're serious. You promise. No, don't feel bad if you don't stand because you'll be lying if you, if you stand and you're not going to do it. I want 40 people that will do this. You will pray, 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 pray. You will pray all the time. You will put God first and pray. Sign that card right now then and pass it this way into the aisle. And Kyle, you're going to go collect them for me. Okay? Now, one other thing. Sign the card and just pass it in. And I want to ask one more question because undoubtedly someone might be in the room today that doesn't even know Jesus Christ personally and has never personally at a moment in time accepted him as your Savior. Go down the aisle and come back up the aisle. Just put your name on there. Sign, sign your card. Put it on there. Put your name on there. Every week I'll talk about it. All right, have you kept your commitment? Don't do it if you're not going to do it. It'll be worthless. Every day you will pray. Throughout the entire day you will pray for our nation and for our president and for our church and for our personal lives and for your marriage and your family every day. And then close your eyes a moment, bow your heads, because this is very important. I, don't want, I, I know it's old-fashioned, but I still believe that God wants us to make certain that everyone in this room is truly saved. Don't worry about the card thing right now. Everyone in the room that's 1,000% positive that you have accepted what Christ did on the cross as salvation for you, that you're going to heaven, raise your hand. Everyone that's 100% sure, okay? Right, put them down. Now look up here. If you do not know, you should not leave here without knowing. Because you will certainly not end up in a very real place called heaven. It is something you must know. We need to be the body of Christ for each other. 
just throw this in at the end. I think that we need to offer a discipleship class for people who are struggling that you don't know much about your gift of salvation and you'd like to come to a class. So stay tuned. Number two, I think we need to have a married class for people in their marriage who could use some encouragement and direction. Would anyone be interested in a marriage class that my wife and I would teach? Raise your hand. You'd be interested and you would be, it'll take you further. It's a couple, okay, that's a bunch. So I'll say four. You know how that all pans out. Sounds really good until you actually have to go. What? Any what? I didn't want to insult you. I was gritting my teeth and hanging on like you can't imagine. I was almost praying in tongues. I, I literally said, Jesus, take the wheel. Do we have any other crazy drivers in here? We do. Uh, we, we have a few. A few, yeah. Maybe you should teach the crazy drivers class, Hernandez. All right. Are you in a good mood today? How many good mooders do we have over here? Good mooders. Well, uh, the ladies that, so next Sunday is going to be very special, and we're going to do something different with the mission groups that went. But the ladies that went to uh, China with my wife, she came back all excited. Was it good, Nikki? N my wife said, Nikki just thought it was amazing. Let's see, who else went? Shelby, was it good? Did you miss Royce at all? Oh, okay. <laughs> Better say yes. Newlywed. Who else went? Marie, was it good without Vince? No. <laughs> Is the trip awesome? Yes. Okay, so that that's not all the ladies and, and our teens went too, but we are taking a trip to Africa for sure now. It is just for men, this trip. It's October 8th through 18th. I don't think it'll cost as much as our Vietnam trip even. It includes um, going to Uganda and meeting with Watoto. The children's choir group that came will be working with them. We'll be being there to do some kind of a project in the Watoto. By the way, they just have thousands of kids there that that come from the slums. We'll be visiting the slums where most of the kids come from. We'll be taking a three-day, two-night safari to see lions, tigers, and giraffes. Because I don't know about bears. I don't think bears are always... You ever see a safari where there's bears eating lions or anything? I've never seen it. So if it's on your bucket list to go to Africa, you can go pretty reasonable. The, the safari is only $300. So if you'd like to go, I already have seven guys for sure. It'd be awesome to have you go along with us. And it's stretch, stretch who you are. All right. Oh, I didn't ask. Is everybody over here happy today? Is Kyle happy today? I'm not saying anything. He's just very happy. Happy, 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 yeah? 
Vince, you know, you've let up on your yeah stuff. Yeah! Everybody together? All right. If you're visiting, this is a very weird group. Good group, though. Very, very weird, but good. It's a good day today. Have an awesome day. See you tomorrow night, guys. See you. And don't forget Bible school. One week away till our Bible school.